Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. It is Dan Canobio. It is the former world champion, Chris Algieri. It is your favorite boxing podcast in the world. Chris, how are you? How was your weekend of taking care of business in sunny Florida? Uh, weekend was good. And, uh, you know, listen, there are mutterings around that we are the best boxing podcast in the world. But we we, we got some uh, some positive feedback over the weekend. Some really, really nice words for you guys. So thanks. Yeah. I never really ask anyone to go out and, like, Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating because those things help. So I actually went to it the other day, and I was like, let's take a look. And we had a bunch of five-star uh, ratings, not surprised, and some great feedback. So really appreciate that. So go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to the Inside Boxing Live YouTube page. Subscribe to the TikTok and the and the Instagrams and the Face Snaps and the chat books and all that because we need to get it going. Um, our Insta – or excuse me, our – TikTok just reached 2 million likes. Wow. See, I, I, unlike you, I will tell everyone to go like, subscribe. Is it sma- what do they say? Smash that like button. Smash that button. <laughs> yeah. Smash. Everybody, everybody says that's fucking so annoying. <laughs> Smash that like button. You're a, uh, but yeah, guys, we, feedback is good. Get us in the algorithm. I mean, the algo the algo is important. Yeah, we're doing very well on socials, and um, it's always good to get the, the feedback out there. A lot to get to on this episode. There was some heavyweight action. FA Jogba had a nice uh, KO win. Joe Cordina over the weekend um, defended his title. So Raymond Muratala uh, become go from uh, prospect to contender. But we'll start with some rumors and PBC land. You see this, Chris. Netflix is looking to dabble into the boxing world. No more Netflix and chill. It's going to be boxing and netflix and then maybe some chilling afterwards um they want to look at a jake paul fight which is like okay i I can see that uh he's a huge name and you know he has a documentary on their platform but what made it really interesting is that they're interested in pbc fights um whether it's one-offs or whether it's their entire catalog i have a lot of mixed feelings on this a one-off wouldn't it wouldn't be terrible but it also wouldn't be great because we want more than just one fight on there but undoubtedly boxing ending up on on netflix is just a tremendous thing for, for the sport yeah tremendous thing and also inevitable i mean we, we've been talking about this and I, i've been i've been at the forefront of saying like this isn't a bad thing with you know showtime going under and i had a, a different fresh look on it i think it's just going to be a different way for our fans to 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 see boxing now and listen netflix is going to get on board my worry is that which has happened with pbc many times is that they're going to get a bad taste in their mouth and because of business side and things like that. Um, we've lost some networks from, from some of the dealings of, of uh, in certain situations. So I just hope that, listen, it's one of those things where like, Oh, that we're going to try something new. All right. Mm-hmm. If it, it, it should, hopefully it goes well. So it becomes a, you know, not a new thing, not a novel thing. It becomes a real thing, but man, that's not always the case. So yeah. uh, I, I hope, I hope they come out swinging like they close the year and they do a good job and keep the, keep the business rolling. Even the uh, optimist Dan is like a little like I, when I read the Wall Street the Wall Street Journal uh, report that was on here, I was like, oh wow, this is sick. Let me, let me actually take a look and, and read this. Like the Jake Paul thing, not surprising. PBC is a one off because Netflix is one of the only streaming platforms to not get into live sports, not get into anything live. Next month they're doing a a golf event. Uh, they're they're kind of testing the waters with these one offs, and with boxing you can do one offs. You can do one Jake Paul fight. You can do one PBC fight. You don't have to um you know, commit to an entire season like the NFL 
uh, which, which Amazon does on, on Thursday nights, or Apple, which uh, does MLB on, on Friday nights. So they're looking to dabble. That's like what kind of boxing is. It's kind of like a uh, guinea pig for a lot of these platforms and a lot of these networks. So we'll see. Uh, there are also rumors out there that this could be something, you know, Heyman or PBC could leak this uh, to the Wall Street Journal to kind of get Amazon Prime to sign on the dotted line. There's also rumors out there that the deal's already signed. Like PBC has their home and they're going to announce it any minute. That's the thing with Al Heyman. That's the thing with PBC, Chris, is... I'm I'm sending out feelers all weekend. You know, my dad, he's he's on the case. He loves doing this shit. Texting people left and right. Yeah, what do you think, PBC? They keep it so close to the vest, PBC, on where they're going to end up. They can have a deal right now. They could be still searching for a deal. It's There's a lot of other options out there. I'm just very excited to see what it's going to be next, like you said. I can't imagine there's not a deal already done. I know the way Al operates. He's uh he's way he's always he's always one or two steps ahead of the game. The guy the guy plays a 3D chess. So he's uh I would not be surprised at all if the deal was done. This is what you got to do. You got to hit up a Connolly or one of your managers and look for a fight with a PBC guy, and then kind of feel around, and then they'll give you like a, oh yeah we're gonna be on Amazon Prime next year. Algeria versus maybe, maybe maybe I already know something. What do you maybe know, I bro? Already, I see you posting I stuff. I see something. you post stuff in the gym. You're kicking the shit out of trainers. You're posting new shoes. What do you know, bro? Spill it, man. Not... Patreon. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, Patreon. Save that for ProBot. Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. Comment below. <laughs> Go to Chris's OnlyFans. Get a picture of his feet and then where PBC oh, might be going. Um, yeah. So that's the latest. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. That's um the latest with PBC. Uh, they have one more pay per view. Um, with Benavidez Andre, it actually has a really good undercard. Um, Love that fight. Love that card. Yeah, it's going to be a fun card. Uh, who's on it? Um, our guy, uh, the Subriel Matias versus Ergashev. Ergashev, good fight. And that's that's, that's an under the radar dark horse, dark horse type fight. Like that's banger. that's a boxing fans fight because a lot of right. people like even Subriel Matias, even though he's kind of a guy that we all talk about. I don't think the regular fans really know too much about him. Um, but Ergashev, he's definitely a guy who's under the radar. He's good. He hasn't had that breakout win yet. He hasn't really even had a breakout matchup yet. Um, so this could be that. I mean, I think whoever wins this fight, we're all going to be talking about for a while. Yeah, it also has uh, Jamal Charlo on. Um, I'm trying to yeah, pull up Benav- the PPP card. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Charlo is coming against Jose Benavidez Jr. Weirdest fight because it's not at 160. It's at 163 and there's no belt on the line. I mean, the belt should not be on the line. I mean, he should be stripped anyway. But, uh, but also, yeah, weird fight. But he's he's been out of the ring for two and a half years. He's, this is his comeback fight. At least he's fighting a guy who has a name that's recognizable, even though he's been inactive as well, and definitely hasn't fought this weight class before. So, I mean, listen, we got Jamal back. Hopefully, hopefully the fight comes through. Hopefully, um, this will mean he'll be on the ring more because, listen, he's a great fighter. Yeah, he is was once a great fighter. I want to see him come back. Um, then you got Lamont Roach. Um. Going up against Hector Luis Garcia, who hasn't been in the ring since getting evaporated by Tank. So that's a, that's the last pay per view on in the history of Showtime on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. They got rid of that one in December 9th that they were kind of messing around with the Floyd, the Keith Thurman, the Danny Garcia. They're not doing that. So that's going to be the send off uh, for Showtime, and then we'll see where, where PBC goes um, in the future. NBA fans, the wait is over. The season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the National Basketball Association, has a great offer for you right now. An unbeatable offer, if you will. New customers can score $200 in instant bonus bets. 
by throwing down only $5. You throw down $5, you can win up to $200 instantly in bonus bets. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You start the season with an instant dub, just like my Knicks, right? Oh, maybe not. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games and for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. We all love parlays. So right now, um, go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it if you haven't already, and use code IBL. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly. For betting just $5, that's code IVL on DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or you can text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call uh, 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com.draftkings.com uh, slash basketball in terms of eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How about this, Chris? Uh, Fury in Ganu does... Only 67,000 pay-per-view buys in the U.S., according to Dave Meltzer. Ariel Hawani is saying, no, no, no. It did 400,000. You got to keep in mind, the it was it was streamed on pay-per-view over in, on TNT Sports uh, over in the U.K., which is formerly BT Sport. Fury's a big draw there. 67,000 seems astronomically low. Um, but then again, this is a fight that no one asked for. This is a fight up until the Saturday of of i didn't realize if, if it was a 10 or 12 round it was the title on the line mma guy in ghana with no real fan push behind him fury who most boxing fans can't stand this is not a good recipe <laughs> that's a recipe for seventy thousand, right i mean listen seventy thousand is abysmal but i we didn't expect it to sell we we heard there was mutterings that it wasn't <clears> going to sell um you know that that's why the announcement of the Usyk fury fight came came about kind of kind of spur on ticket sales that's what we thought um, or our pay-per-view bias because it was so low. But man, that, that those are bad numbers. And really, thinking about it, it's not that surprising. Like you said, first of all, I think I think boxing in general, boxing fans, we're pissed at Fury. The guy's yeah. not busy. His last fight was a fight nobody wanted to see. Fight Chisora for the third time. Who cares? Zora. And and he's holding Dillian on, holding White. on to Dillian White. Yeah, like who cares? Like nobody wants to see those fights. And then um. He's holding on to that WBC belt. He's 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 a blockade for the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world occurring. I think a lot of people were there, there was a lot of uh, uh, fan fatigue for for Tyson Fury. Then you got Engano. He hasn't been in the ring in two and a half years either. He's never right. been in a boxing ring. Every every boxing pundit worth his salt was saying the fight was bullshit. So how do you expect this thing to sell? Well, that's, Retro that's... you can't retroactively sell pay per views because the fight actually turned out to be okay and it was competitive. So people yeah. are excited about it now. But I think, that's yeah, not the next time out. The next yeah, time I mean, out, I think Ngannou will will. Uh, the rematch is huge. The yeah, rematch, whatever comes. Ngannou's next fight, I think we'll do we'll do good. Uh, whether it's on um, MMA or boxing, uh, hopefully it's in boxing. Like I heard some rumors, December twenty third in Saudi. Uh, those seem to be flip flopping too. But yeah, like you said, like it, it was a bad recipe. It was also Saturday afternoon going up against college football, which is really not the best time to do a pay per view. Um, but I don't know if you caught this, Ariel and Chael Sonnen. 
had a big time blow up. Did you catch any of the, that shrapnel on social media? Uh, I think uh, why does why does Chael talk like Trump? he talks like why is he Trump why is he trumping it up? Chael Chael I mean, he's, he's always been a Donald Trump. He, yeah, he's always been a character, but now you ever he's have any run-ins with him? No, no, never, never. Um, he's he's always been entertaining. Um, oh, I think he's yeah. great. I saw bits and pieces of that on 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 socials. I, I I really I wasn't following. Couldn't really tell what they were how they were they were even talking about. But um, that looked in, it was entertaining. <laughs> it was basically um, Ariel thinks it was a huge success. Uh, the 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 event because Ngannou, you know, beat the UFC. He got a ten million dollar payday before he even stepped in the ring, and he was going deep on that side of it, like kind of like going to the point where you know he, people were starting to to think, is this really just about Ariel uh, and his beef with the UFC, or is it uh, mostly just being happy for Ngannou? And I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think he liked to prove a lot of people wrong, and he, it was receipt. He was sending, uh, you know, playing receipts and pulling up a lot of receipts of people like us saying that you know he, Fury's going to carry him and it's not going to be a good event. But then you have the Chael's side of of things, and he says, look, this this fight did abysmal on on pay-per-view um the saudis lost not just like tens of millions like several like 50 75 million dollars in losses they weren't even trying to break even they were fine with that they're sport washing they're, they wanted to just show you they wanted you to see that saudi arabia and big time sporting events are now synonymous so they, they're fine with losing a ton of money but i think sonnen's point was if you put this on the open market and it's just Ngannou versus Fury with like not Saudi behind it. It's ultimately a failure, which I think he's wrong because it's not a failure. And Ngannou got ten million, and it's those crazy boxing purses. So that was a little bit of fallout, and and we don't know what Ngannou is going to do there. But what do you? I think it falls somewhere in the middle. Like obviously Ngannou beat the UFC and he got the money, uh, and he got the ten million, the boxer payday. But it was a it was not an an event that that made money like that thing lost money. No, it was a fairy tale for uh, for Ngannou and that's it. It's, it was it was not a success. The, 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 we just got the numbers. The, the bottom line, it was not a success. It was a success for Ngannou. Thank God. I mean, the guy deserves it. He bet on himself. It's a it's a it's a great story. He's going to be the next Rocky movie in a couple of years. But. For in terms of what's going on, it's not a success. No, not at all. The, the fight. Oh, well, I want to see what it means sell. for Ngano going forward, though. I want to see like uh, if he he'll, fights he'll make Wilder, some more big paydays. Right. If he fights Wilder, I think he'll do big. If he fights any of the uh, Joshua, would obviously do big because those are our marquee names. If he fights a Chisora, like we've talked about, or like a middling guy, uh, uh, Joseph Parker. Like, what type of numbers do do those do? Or will Saudi kind of underwrite it once again? Like, I'm curious what. What Ngannou's real value is on the open market, even though I, I don't think it really matters sometimes with boxing because these exorbitant purses, uh, you know, which why we're in this uh, predicament that we're in right now with Showtime being out of the sport and, you know, uh, a lot of promoters calling for a great reset. Like what is Ngannou's like real value as a heavyweight boxer right now? Is he an attraction? Is he a B-side? Is he a ticket seller? Like, I'm very curious without Saudi involved. So I don't know if we'll ever know. He's a B-side. Simple as that. He's 37 years old. So he's a B-side. He's there to make money for a couple a couple fights in a couple years. Um, it's going to be really difficult to, to have him as the A-side against any of the top guys. And, you know, it, granted, yeah, he, over, he overperformed in the Tyson Fury fight. But also Tyson vastly underperformed. So it's not a realistic test yet. So we got to see what happens next. And that's why it's dangerous for him to fight and they're throwing around names like Zile Zhang and 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 uh, Joseph Parker. 
I say Zhang, no way. Stay away from that guy. Unless yeah, you're going yeah. to China, unless you're going to China and making like buku bucks, stay away from Zhang. <laughs> Get, you're don't not do beating that. Zhang. No, bad fight. Uh, and even Joseph Parker, Joe's still too good. At the, he's he's solid enough as a tough guy. He's got good. He's got a great chin. He's a solid guy. He's durable. He's big. He's athletic. Um, he's got a lot of experience. He's good at slowing down the pace and fighting that way. Even him is like, I think he goes right for the tip top. Go for the Wilders. Go for the Joshua's. I like the Joshua fight best. You do. Um, what changed your mind? I, I like that fight. I like that fight now. I feel like I, last week I, I was like, Joshua does nothing for me because he's not the big puncher. Like Wilder, it's got to be two like, big punchers. Wilder is it, it's interesting in that sense, but I, I don't think he has any chance against Wilder. I think you think he Wilder, has. You think Engano has a better chance to beat Joshua than Wilder? I think we'll get, we'll definitely get more rounds. Definitely get rounds. I, Wilder, it could be a round. It could be two rounds. Like Wilder, dude. Wilder's punch is it's a different thing. Um, and and listen, we saw we saw in the Fury fight, he wasn't really reacting to shots. Fury was just really off, and a lot of those shots were you know just just missing, just whatever. Yeah. He doesn't have that like that slick rolling with, with shots. You know, he got hit with some big shots from Tyson. You can't get hit with shots like that from Wilder. And yeah. I granted he had a great chin. He showed it when the Tyson Fury fight. Um, but man, I, yeah, I like the Joshua fight. They got the they got the Nigerian thing. Go to, yeah, you know, it's they... going to be if they do it, it will be a big scene. And, and I don't think it will. It will be sometime next year and they'll build it up. I know Eddie yeah. Hearn's starting to you know look for that. And, you know, but then and... also on the back end of that, Anthony, say Anthony Joshua gets to win. He goes out, he gets on the mic immediately at the fight. He goes, I beat the guy who beat you, Tyson Fury. I think he beat you. I think he beat you. I beat him. Let's go. That makes that fight so much bigger. That's, I mean, that's got to be the way that Eddie's thinking. That's, that's, and it's a smart way to think that. I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that that is a track for for Joshua to kind of reinvigorate this last chapter of his career because he desperately needs it. I mean, these fights against Jermaine Franklin or Robert Hillenius aren't doing much for him uh, in terms of, you know, getting his name out there and getting people Dude, his, to buy his in. last chapter is is fury that's it's that's the be. end of the book or wilder i mean that fight feels like it came and went and that was supposed to be end of december that was supposed to be the big saudi fight that they're you know, saudi wants to do one more fight uh december 23rd and that was supposed to be joshua and and wilder and uh got me thinking though it got me thinking about the top four we, we talk about the top four in the heavyweight division ad nauseum right wilder fury joshua usik we talk about how inactive they are. We talk about, you know, come on, let's go. You're 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 kind of uh, an embarrassment to boxing. What about the other like 10 or 12 heavyweights that in boxing right now that we saw this past weekend? We saw F.A. Jogba, three straight wins, showing some improvement. Some of the other names, Chris, like Azil Haizang, who I would put probably in the top four. But for the sake of this conversation, I'll put him at five. Azil Haizang, last, he got two wins over Joseph Parker. What's he going to do next? I don't know. He can sit around and wait for a, a, Joe, a title Over shot. Joe Joyce. You said Joseph Parker. Over Joe Joyce. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Joe Joyce. Two wins over Joe Joyce, and now he's in a position to get like a title shot, but that might not come. He might have to wait another year, Zhang. I, I would hate to see that for for, for Zhang. Yeah, Zhang, Zhang is my my front runner right now for for the guys who are breaking into those 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 top, top guys. And the top five guys haven't been fighting anyway. We got to get – but also, I mean, we, we mentioned this on the show before. Gotta tip our hat to Anthony Joshua because he's actually staying busy. He actually gets in the ring and fights, which I appreciate. Uh, but the other guys, Fury, we finally saw him after a year off, and he, he fought an MMA guy, um, and he did not look great. And then um, you know, Usyk, by no fault of his own, can't really stay that busy. And uh, yeah, I, I think Zhang is knocking right at that door, and I want to see him in with any of the top guys, um, even the guys who have been super inactive, the Wilders. Um, I think he deserves a Joshua fight. 
Uh, Andy Ruiz is an, who's undeserving of the position is, is still a good fighter. And it's still like one of those top guys who's just outside the top, the top four or five. Yeah. I might've been, I don't know what to even where to put that guy. I don't know. It's, what, it's how so to tough because he hasn't fought him. in so long. Yeah. He, he's so dangerous and he could, he could beat any one of those guys. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily favor him, you know, in, against any of the top guys again, uh, but he can win and he can beat those guys. And he's listen, when he, when he's doing his thing, he, he, he's a force, but we don't know what's left of him. We don't know what he's got left in the tank. Yeah. I think the top four guys now with Ngannou now in the picture and kind of moving it along, I think in a perfect world, we'll get some movement next year. They'll all start fighting each other. That means everyone inches up and everyone, uh, the picture starts to, to come into the fold a little bit more. There's Zang, there's Hergovic who stopped Dempsey McKean. And it's good. In okay, August, and then he didn't fight again until uh, his previous fight was August against 2022 against Zhang, which was uh, controversial. But uh, he picked up the win, and he is now the WBO mandatory or has been the WBO mandatory for Usyk. Then there's guys like Frank Sanchez, four wins since the Jogba uh, win in 2021, but nothing, you know, no crazy wins, and he's pretty good. I, I would say he's a uh, you know a top ten guy. Jared Anderson uh, on the rise, ready for the next level. Did get I'm sure you heard the news week. about him, right? Yeah. Did okay. get arrested this week with firearms and driving under the influence. Get a slap on the wrist. Um, uh, he is on the rise and he's ready for the for the next level. FA Jogba, like I just talked about, he fought this past weekend. Looks like he's getting better every single every single time. Um, Otto Valin, huge win mm-hmm. over Gassiev. Uh, this guy needs a shot. I mean, the he's guy fought Fury tough and then disappeared because he doesn't have a big promoter, doesn't have a network behind him. Doesn't have a a big push, but the guy's damn good. And that gas. Dude, I, I called that fight. Any other promotion, Violin wins that fight because that cut was so brutal and it was 100% a punch that would have got stopped anywhere else. Yeah, anywhere they wanted to else, protect the Wilder. Anywhere the wilder else, fight. that fight. Oh, second Wilder that, fight. Anywhere else, that fight gets stopped. That cut was brutal. I actually, they ruined a, one of my dress shirts that night. <laughs> I got, I got, I have, uh, <laughs> I got gypsy blood on me. I should sell it on the internet. Gypsy blood. Um, the thing with Wallen is, is like he's almost like penalized for he's like suffering yeah. for that win. He like it did. You thought it would do wonders for his career. Kind of did the opposite. Um, and then there's uh, Richard Torres, who has big potential, but seems like pretty far off. He's fighting no hopers. Does he have big potential? I, I think don't he. Think so. What do you he's think? Small. He's, he's I don't. Small. He's small. I called his pro debut. He'd be a great he's, bridger weight. Yeah. He, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's wild. He's like, he's, he's, I, I don't see that style that he enacts, which was good in, in the amateurs and, and, you know, transitioned to the pros. Now he's knocking everybody out, but I don't see that working at a top level, especially for being undersized. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I know top rank wants to push him and they, they talk about marketable. He's pretty marketable. Yeah, he's yeah. fun. He's he, and he, he does he does the work outside the ring for sure. Yeah, you see his like see his TikToks and Instagrams. Like every time I open up the boxing TikTok, uh, ours he's posting something that's pretty funny. And then there's like Jalalov, who was world class talent, zero marketability. Yeah. Um, no one really knows who he is. He's like he's like six eight, six seven, tall, he, lanky, and bounces ball. like Bivol. He's like in and out and just like like just drops left hands. Like he's a he's a dangerous guy. That guy can rule the division. I just don't know. Like he needs like some media training or so like top rank is not behind him and like really get him out there. Like start putting him on some of these cards and and on the bigger cards. He's a heavyweight Bivol. Like there's not a lot. There's not a lot to sell. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Very good thing. Bivol is not going to fight once this year. That's insane. 
This guy beat Canelo, and he got talk about being penalized like Violin. This guy beat Canelo, and has been blacklisted from boxing. Uh, a different topic. And then uh, you know Fabio Wardley picked up a win, but he's not top fifteen. He's uh probably the best of the UK heavyweights. But all these names, like they can all fight each other. Like I would like to see like F.A. Jogba, um, fight Jared Anderson or uh Jared Anderson fight Zilhai Zhang or Frank Sanchez fight. Ajagbo or Frank Sanchez fight Anderson like mix and match like there are fights to be made in the heavyweight division I actually think next year we could start seeing some of these guys fighting each other creating fun heavyweight fights that doesn't have to just be the top four that we just named before the problem is that these guys who are just outside the top four are looking for the big money fights and they don't want to take risks fighting each other because a loss means a lot in boxing and a heavyweight heavyweight's worth a lot of money so it's not just the fighters, it's the managers, the promoters. They're trying to they're trying to get that undefeated heavyweight to to get that money shot. So all of them are afraid to fight each other. Um, and I don't mean that the fighters are afraid to fight each other. I mean in terms of the coming together as teams and taking these fights because you're putting on a lot of risk because there's a lot of money. Heavyweight money's different. Heavyweights might is might as well be a different sport. The way it's fought here. is different. Different, different money, different, uh, different negotiation. Everything's different in heavyweight. It, it really is like a different sport. So yeah, it's it's hurting these guys who are outside outside that that core group of guys. But the problem is the core group of guys aren't fighting either. So uh, it's yeah, we're, heavyweight heavyweight has been a barren wasteland for the last eighteen months. Well, at least Zhang, you look at someone like Zhang. He's got some losses on his record. Um, he didn't wait around and fight the the bigger names. He he fought a guy like uh, Joe Joyce, and he picked mm-hmm. up two wins, and now he's in demand. So maybe they can look to him and be like, hey, uh, maybe I'll I'll take that approach. Same thing with Ajagba. H- had the loss to Frank Sanchez in twenty twenty one, and has bounced back with three straight wins. He signed with Top Rank. I think after that that knockout on Saturday night, I think there's somewhat of a demand for him. I think some fans are like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching him fight Jared Anderson. Uh, Jared Anderson, I think, is this the opposite. I think he's on the rise, and and I think Top Rank is looking to bring him to the next level. Would you agree with that with Anderson? That I think he's ready for the Ajagba Sanchez, uh, Valin level. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm big on Jared Anderson. I'm I'm very high on him as a, you know a future potential, a future heavyweight star, um, and a heavyweight champion. But um, yeah, I I agree. As long as he can can not run into the stuff that we just heard about in terms of the out of the ring stuff. I mean, the kid's potential is through the roof and he is ready to fight any one of those guys. And I think they were smart with the date over the summer, which I wasn't really sure about. He had that tough fight with Martin Martin. and then came right back like 25 days later and fought a guy who really stood no chance. And was just another, another, another win under his belt. But I thought that was smart actually after in, in hindsight, looking back, I was like, yeah, you know what? Cause everyone was talking kind of negatively about the Martin fight, which I didn't understand why. Um, I thought it was a good test and, and he, he passed it with flying colors. Um, and he came right back against a, another world ish guy and, you know, he beats him pillow to post barely gets, you know, hit and, and then moves on now to this last fight was a better fight. So yeah, I, th- I think it was actually worked out to be a good thing, but no, he's, he's, he needs to be back in the ring sooner than later. Cause obviously being out of the ring is not a good thing for him. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to say it was just a slap on the wrist. I mean, I mean, that's pretty some serious um, news that came out about him, but young, he's young and he's getting, he's got money and then he does have a lot of potential though. Even Tyson Fury last week in Saudi Arabia is like, this is the heir to the throne. Top ranks, this is their their main guy that they want to push as, as a heavyweight. So there are some names at heavyweight. I know we talked about how it's a barren wasteland. Yes, it is. The top four are bringing down the entire group as a whole. But Nganu, I think, pushed some life into this heavyweight division at the top. 
And then we should see some of these names fall into place because there are some fun fights. There are some fun names in there. And we can get kind of get back to uh, heavyweights fighting each other because you see this week, um, a couple of anniversaries, uh, George Foreman beating uh, Michael Moore. Uh, the, and the fan man was also, as we record this today, on this date. So, like, I've been seeing a lot of heavyweight action on the timeline. And it got me like, damn, I, I wish, like, the heavyweights were all fighting each other, even the top ones and also, like, these middle guys, too. Because fun yeah. shit happens when heavyweights get in the ring. Yeah, well, and that's almost that's kind of the, the reason why we all still tuned in for Engano and Fury because it's like we got these giant humans throwing throwing hammers at each other. <laughs> this is yeah. this is fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you you brought up those those uh, those anniversaries, that Foreman Moore fight, I love talking about that fight so much. Like, I really like I've analyzed it, I've really watched it. Such an amazing thing, like historically, for that to happen. And George Foreman had such an incredible dual career. It's absolutely, I mean, it's a, it's movie stuff. Well, here's a and, movie. Did you watch his movie? Uh, I heard I heard it was so bad that I ref- that that I chose not to. They technically I wanna... did make a movie about his life. It just wasn't yeah. worth watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pretend that didn't happen because yeah. I don't I don't want to tarnish how cool George's life actually is. And then the fan man, that's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about some of the most shocking moments in in boxing over on Pro Box TV. Um. And, you know, we talked about the, the bite, obviously, Mike Tyson and Evander. But then the, the fan man's another one. I, 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 how many a, a shocking moments could Evander be in? Like, what a career. Not right? only that, like, they, they, I did a little piece on, like, a one-minute short that's out right now on Twitter and our socials. He, um, you know, there was, like, a 45-minute 45, <clears throat> 45 uh, wait. It was, it was outside. They they wrapped up Riddick Bow in, like, 45 blankets Bo's uh, wife fainted from all the commotion. They beat the hell out of the, the fan man guy. Um, and then Holyfield Good. just kind of went <laughs> Good. <right>. Good. <laughs> yeah, Rock Newman and all the Bo's toughs, those guys from uh, Bed-Stuy, just, just beat the hell out of him. Um, it's a crazy story with the fan man. He ended up committing suicide like 20 years later. Um, I, I really went deep on, on this on this topic. Uh, my dad was there, and, and he uh, said it was pure chaos. And it was they didn't know if they were going to continue on with the fight. But the scariest thing, I remember, like, we ordered the pay-per-view, me and my brother, um, and we were watching it. I was maybe seven or eight years old. And then I remember uh, that one shot of the fan man coming down, and you just see the silhouette and over the the ring. And it was so scary as a kid, as, like, an eight-year-old, because knowing that your dad's there, I'm like, who is this guy with a fan, like – and it just was very bizarre. That's got to be one of the more bizarre moments ever in the history of boxing. Vander's response was crazy. Like he looked because he was he's a, he's a you know high level athlete. He was like he reacted like it was like a punch coming out of me. He was he he good, to, good reactions. He's ready to ready to go. But yeah, man. Honestly, all right. So what's your take on this? Let me ask you: Should they have continued, or should have that been a no contest? No, they should have. I mean, there was that's the heavyweight title. I mean, there was a, such a that's probably one of the biggest fight of the year. Uh, I think they made the right decision. I think it was like was it Mark Ratner? Uh, it was the no- yeah. uh, Nevada. He was he. Mark time. was always good at those things, making those 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 decisions. I disagree. I would I would argue it. Why? Forty five minutes, bro. Forty five minutes. That's you're, longer you're than pr- an actual fight. You're, you're a primed athlete, ready for a single night. You've you've spent 16, 18, 20 weeks preparing for this moment, to, and you're priming yourself. You literally. I mean, granted, both guys, but still, I, I don't know. I would, I would have fought that. You think that um, Bo should have fought it? Um, I mean, whoever. I mean, either one of them could have. Uh, you know, seemed like uh, they wanted to continue on. At least the yeah, fighters did. No, because they're they're old school badasses, and then they want to they want to finish, you know, cracking each other in skulls. So I would love to see, have seen that played out now with Twitter and like what, how that would have played out and mm-hmm. all the controversy and. Oh, the controversy would never end. 
Never Talk about, speaking about controversy, did you see this box rec has put out a 168-pound best ever list? Rubbish. Um, it's pure rubbish. And we got to keep in mind that box rec, they don't have humans actually voting on this. They have an algorithm. Like they haven't gone as the 590th rated heavyweight right now. Um, so box rec puts out these all-time lists. And they put out a list at 168 pounds. Um, and it was very controversial. Got people uh, all worked up. They had Canelo number one. They had Calzaghe two. They had Andre Ward at three, Frotch, uh, Mikhail Kessler, Demetrius Andrade, Steve Collins, Arthur Abraham, Sven Otaki, and Daniel Jacobs at 10. No Roy Jones. What? 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 What a strange group of, of guys. But again, like so for people at home, Box Rec, don't trust Box Rec, for one. One, like you said. It's Dan. It's it's an algorithm, so it puts it together. Well, it's a great numbers, tool so. to to look up. Uh, yeah, no, quick, but that. like, but also like, apparently some some records are not real, and some fights have, are are left off of. Oh, did you of, see that uh, story? There's there's yeah, they, and there's been mutterings about that for a long time, and with not just you know what we're talking about, it's been a lot of guys. That, that, oh, but I would say for true. the for the most part, uh, box records are a useful tool. But go on. Yeah. Um, but this, this, this is, this is absolute rubbish. And I never even say rubbish. That's for our UK fans. <laughs> well, there's a lot of UK garbage. fighters. This, this is, this is basura. This is basura. It's trash. It's ass. Trash. It's two pack. If we want US, it's a two pack of ass, this list. Um, Canelo number one is just nuts to me because I feel like, yeah, he cleared out a whole division and he's been great at 168. But I mean, what's his signature win at 168? Plant. Plant or, or Smith. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah, he's Smith. he's gonna conf- he's gonna end his career one sixty eight. So he's he's a lot more to to do there. Another thing too, one sixty eight is a pretty newer weight class. It's not an original eight. What was it? We would just say like the mid eighties or late eighties. One sixty eight came in, yeah. so it doesn't have like a, a you know the jump start like one sixty does or one forty seven like hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, but of- like Roy, nobody beats Roy. At sixty-eight, like no one, no one on the list beats Roy. So like Roy, I, I mean, I don't, under, I don't understand. The, the, I don't understand how Roy's not in the top ten. Not to well, mention that none, none of those guys can beat him. That's what's weird about the algorithm. It's like if you have an algorithm, like Roy Jones should pop up on there. Like you would think leaving Roy Jones off is like a human move to create engagement to get us to talk about. It. That's like the old trick. If you make a list, and so if you're working media and you make a list, leave someone out. Or or put Roy Jones like nine or ten, people retweet it. They say, "Well, how uh, this is horrible," and then you get people talking about it. But mm-hmm. for a computer, it would take emotions out of it to not have Roy Jones as the as, in the top three, let alone not in the list at all. Is like an oversight. Like, what's going on? You got Mc, Michael Michael Kessler, and you don't have Roy Jones. How, how, Danny how, Jacobs, who has one fight at one sixty eight against uh, <laughs> <Gabe> Rosado. Which. <laughs> Oh boy. I got Something. Roy's Roy's box wreck here. You gotta go back a while for him for his fights at one sixty eight. Yeah, sixty eight. Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm searching. I'm oh, nineteen ninety nine he started fighting at one seventy five. I mean you gotta go back. Ninety six. Um that's the thing with Roy, it's like his problem was he never had that like clear rival. Like his his opponents and his competition, he was just so far and superior better. But you know, he's got a win over James Tony at one sixty eight. Well, Prime where's James, James Tony? Tony? Where's James Tony on the list? James Tony's not on the list. I know that's that's another 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 question. It's like James Tony's fighting this weekend on Triller against Razor Ruddock. 
Oh boy. That's the one I hear. That's the saddest thing I ever heard. Triller Fight Club in Jamaica. You could buy it for thirty dollars. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah, but some of these other names on the list at one sixty eight. Um, I I think Jones has to be one. Calzaghe's two. Yeah, pretty Calzaghi's much a career awesome. one sixty eight pounder. The guy retired undefeated. He had like a fourteen year run at one sixty eight. He beat a lot of big names. Retired undefeated, forty six and zero. Calzaghe two. Ward, you can make a case for Ward. Over, uh, Ward's got to be top three. What do you think? Yeah, I think Ward. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I would say Ward. Um, Ward would uh, Calzaghe Ward is like. Um, but yeah, that I would have Roy, Joe, Andre, yeah. And you got a guy like Carl Frotch. Bad dude, man. Real bad dude. Real bad and, dude. I got and, all those guys above Canelo, by the way. <laughs> yes, which is fine because Canelo. I mean, did a lot of his work. At 160, did a lot of his work at 154. Is still writing his chapter here at 168. He just hasn't. If he beats, you know, he beats, uh, he beats Andre uh, Benavidez, uh, some other guys coming up at 160, then he can put his name in there. But you know, with Canelo, it's more about his the totality of his career rather than just at 168. And 160 is not really a division that people stay at. It's it's a like but, uh, but, uh, James a Tony ground. James Tony. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. He he beat Aaron Barclay at 68, two fights after he beat Tommy Hearns. Like, yeah, that's like, how do you, how do you not put him on the list? Well, how, how many fights did he have at 168? Because I know that he, he ballooned like pretty quick. Like he was obviously finished his career heavyweight, but. Talking about Tony. I'm going back. I'm looking at his box. See, this little yeah. boxer is, is good. Um, well, he would, he would bounce up and down. So like he fought Mike McCallum at 60. Those are good wins. The body snatcher. Um, but then he jumped up. He fought. Uh, so 1992, he fought at 68. One, yeah. two, three, four. You know, five, six. Yeah. He's so, got like yeah, five he was, or six he, fights. He would go up and down. Um, but yeah, no, he did it for a number of years. He fought Roy Jones at 68. Roy Jones at 68. Right, and Jones um, beat him. That's why. That's probably Jones' best win at 68. Correct. Correct. But that was like a mega fight. That was a big. That was a big deal. That was a very big deal. That's why John, like having Jones on here is like Jones has probably the best win at, at 68 of any of these guys. <laughs> he's not even on the list. Not only that, he's freaking Roy Jones. Um, Carl yeah. Frotch has wins over Groves, Kessler, Butte, Arthur Abraham, Durrell, Pascal, Taylor. That's a crazy resume. Um, yeah, that Jermaine Taylor win was crazy. And also, but Ward beat Frotch. That's why Ward is a level above Frotch in that Super 6. And he Ward beat him with a broken hand. Right, and Ward cleared out the whole division and he that super six couldn't have come at a better time for a ward. He was like in his prime and he's taken out uh, one U- European guy after the next. Then you have like uh, Mikel Kessler. I put him in there. The bottom of the list is just like a bunch of just names. Like they're just trying to fill out the list. Like, like Steve oh, Steve Collins. Collins. That guy, that guy was good. Let's put him in there. Yeah, Demetrius Android. Like what? Uh, Arthur Abraham. I would have him above Android. And he just has on the, just the sheer level of fight. Android, Android, Android has fought one time at 68. One time, and he fought uh, like all a journeyman. Great, bro! Wow, top ten, all time. top ten. Got us talking here on the show. Uh, yeah, wow. so one sixty-eight is an interesting weight class. Uh, it's not really an historically deep weight class, but it has some bigger names like Roy Jones came through that. I'd weight like class. to know. I would like to know how the algorithm works. 
anyone well, anyone who knows anything about about this kind of stuff, if you guys, I do. I know uh, Gray Boxrec Gray. He's a guy on Twitter. I met him a bunch of times. He's pretty funny. He uh, works for Boxrec. He knows that the algorithm is funky. Um, he has to deal with everyone. Like when they see this list, they tweet at him. They think he's he is Boxrec. <laughs> he's just like a guy that works for them. So he's got a, It's like me with CompuBox. Like I get a bunch of tweets. Let's just blame Gray. Yeah, Gray, what the frig, man? Why are you putting this shoddy list together? Um, I mean, any anytime anyone shits on CompuBox around me, I'm always like, fucking Dan, God damn it. Yeah, that's freaking. <laughs> I, I just blame you. I just that, I go right to the I write the, I go right the name only. Like, oop, yep, it's Dan. It's Kenobio, the younger Kenobio, not the older. Not true. It's no, it's not your dad. Dad's awesome. Bob it's, is it's Bob is a legend. You. Bob's the man. You, you, it's definitely your fault. All right. Uh, what else have we got? Did you watch any of the fights over the weekend? Cord- uh, Joe Cordina. What did you make of that fight? It was a tough Oof. one. He had a rough. Um, he had a rough one. He had a Good rough fight. go of it. Uh, he comes out victorious, and you take a look at the 130 pound picture. Not the biggest names, but it's like a fun top four. It's Cordina, Oshaki Foster. Uh, you got um Navarrete, Navarrete. and yeah. you got Hector Luis Garcia. So it's not the biggest names. Like there's, I love that weight class. Right. I love it. I like I, I I'm actually a big fan of Hector Luis Garcia. I think he's very very good. I hope he gets back on track. Um, he's fighting Lamont right. Roach. Lamont Roach. Good, They're all good fighting test. around like like this yeah. same time too. Sure. Oh, Dude, Nav- how do you not how do you not love Navarrete? I mean, he is uh, he is a fun guy to watch. Throws a ton of punches. Has real power. Is not wor- worried about mixing it up. Um, would you say Navarrete is the class of that though? I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. Oshaki Foster is really good. Um, I was very impressed with him his last two wins. We spoke about him last show. Um, he could beat anyone on any night. Yes. Yeah. He he is he is that level of talent for sure. And then Cordina, you know, is a big draw overseas. Um, he ready to come out and said, like, oh, Shocky Foster fight doesn't do much for me, you know, at the at the at the bank. Um, Eddie Hearn's not really too keen on making it. I think they're waiting for Lee Wood to go up to 130. If Lee Wood joins 130, Wood Cordina, you know, you That's put big, that in a stadium in UK. Yeah, big but sell. I don't know what that that does for 130. 130 is like uh, it's it's. Not every weight class has to have like a freaking massive star in it. You know, it doesn't have to no. be this like 135 right now or 140 or even 147. Just like you give us some competitive fights and they all should be able to be made. So I don't know who comes. Like, I think even a guy like Navarrete, who's fighting can say sell on the Shakur Stevenson card. Like he's been flirting with going up to 135 for years. Like Stevenson looks like Stevenson's going to be fighting can say uh, Navarrete. So it's another weight class where. No one really stays at. They're either a few yeah. of their featherweight moving up, or you're at one thirty. You want to go to lightweight, which is predominantly a more money making division. Yeah, it's true. At thirty, like uh, Arturo Gatti got his first world title at thirty, and then was going up to thirty five, and had really bad luck there. Couldn't couldn't get could barely get a win against a top guy at one thirty five, and didn't stay there very long either. Um, and then ended up at forty, obviously, and even forty seven. But yeah, one thirty is one of those weight classes. You know, you got featherweight twenty six. You got thirty guys don't really stay there too long, and then you got lightweights, so it's it makes makes sense. You have you have more money, five pounds north, um, and those lighter weight classes, I think it's easier to go up. You know, there's less there's less less pounds in between. Yeah, it's four um, and five. The power pounds isn't the same. It's not like forty and forty seven. You got guys who hit you know much bigger punches or fit forty seven to fifty four, where the where the glove size changes. Eight ounces for forty seven for welterweight, ten ounce gloves for fifty four. So in those weight classes, as we go up, it matters a lot more. That's why you see so many guys who are multiple division champs when they start at lighter weights. Yeah. You don't see that as you get higher. All right. Um it's really the news this week. Next week's gonna be is gonna be awesome because Stevenson's fighting on Thursday. 
against the Los Santos. So we'll have a preview episode uh, early in the week, and then we'll try to have a recap episode after Stevenson. I don't hate that fight, man. I, I don't hate it I, either. I, I I think De Los Santos is really good. I don't know. I don't know if he can deal with the puzzle that is Shakur, but I'm very interested in in seeing it. And being on a Thursday is very cool. That's another thing too. I see a lot of people like obviously there's a lot of Shakur haters out there. Um, he there's people kind of degrading him because he's fighting on a Thursday, which I don't. What does it matter? Like if you're a fight fan, oh, you know that's at T-Mobile. That's nuts. That I I was talking to Tim Bradley about that. I'm like I'm like yo Tim, where's that show? Because he's working in. He's like ah, oh, it's T-Mobile. I'm like really. What's the, I love to see the attendance for that because Thursday night. I know it's around like the the Formula One that's going on. The F one's going mm, off in Vegas this weekend. That's so awesome. So they're kind of sure, like I should have went out for that. Damn. Did you want to be you really want to be out there for I remember the uh Uber driver out there who gave us she was like cursing the sky. Oh, that's about right. <laughs> I just really like Formula One. I did it in Montreal twice. Um Austin. So yeah, but yeah, no, the, the infrastructure like a Formula in Vegas One is different. You seem like a Formula, Formula One. Guy. One. Love I can it. See it's you awesome. wearing like a you know, like a tux and something, you know. A Ferrari, Ferrari, my Ferrari uh your Theodora track warm suit. up, my Theodora track suit, I'm matching pants with the yeah. F1 is like super cool. Like NASCAR is like your Budweiser chugging American thing. F1 also is like... super cool. I'm not knocking oh, my NASCAR, NASCAR. NASCAR fans, but NASCAR is awesome too. I went to a NASCAR event in Chicago for John Boy and it was awesome. But it's just two different like worlds. Like NASCAR is yeah. beer chugging, red-blooded Americans. F1, you, it's caviar, it's champagne, mm-hmm. sleek Europeans. You know, I can, over I, can, I can, you know, I can, I can roll with both. You know me, both. bro. Thing about I you. can I can I can tall boy tall boy can out of the back pocket or I can <laughs> sip champagne with the best of them. The duality of man, Chris Algieri. <laughs> yeah, so that's next week with Shakur uh, at T-Mobile on a Thursday. I don't think they're like, I don't think they care about the attendance. Um, it's a T, it's a it's to get eyeballs, and I think it's gonna be that's a good double header on regular ESPN. Everyone's always crying about uh, pay per views and the zone. You got a reg- Thursday night. Yeah, it's going up against football, but. Whatever. Boxing fans are going to watch it. Shakur De Los Santos and then Navarrete Conceição. That's a fun double. I was surprised about the Navarrete Conceição fight. Like that's a that's a legit fight. Like Conceição's very talented. And yeah, he's what is he one and two? And he had a no contest in his last fight in his last you know couple of fights. But listen, a lot of people thought he beat Oscar Valdez. So that's not even that's hard to even look at that as a loss. And he lost this to Shakur. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't completely outclassed. He was in there. Um, you know, he did better than than a lot of other guys, but yeah, I mean, Conceição's a, a a top guy. This is a, this is a real fight. Well, that's the thing with top rank is they kind of like, oh, it's kind of the thing with a lot of promotions. They kind of recycle a lot of these guys. Like Conceição, like you said, one and two, and c- coming up short, getting another shot. Uh, when there's other guys that probably are more deserving, it just kind of happens with all these um promotions. When you are beholden to a network and you have to make put dates out there. So can say so gets obligations shot. to fighters to get them keep them keep them active. Yes, so that's when you get yourselves can say so again in a in a title fight, a co-main event. That's next week. I hope everyone has a great week. I'm headed to the John Boy Media Warehouse for Blitzball Battle Four. Do you have any any uh, advice for me? I, I'm not really worried about the games. I'm worried about keeping my body together for four consecutive days. Well, I mean, did you are you taking the stuff I sent you? No, uh, no comment. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, you know, the the, the dosage, I got the little note in there. I went, it, when, it. when I mean, I would for this week. I mean, you got four days, four games in a row. Yeah. Incrementally increase your dosage each night. All right. Good. I'm playing with like a young buck, a 22 year old kid. 
from uh, Major League Wiffle Ball. So I'm depending on him to kind of carry the torch and let me kind of. Also, take a, a right before you go out there, take a bag of ice yeah. and put it directly on your balls. <laughs> Keep it there. Did you tell me to do this once? Minute, minute. Yeah, it's it ups your testosterone for a short period oh, I'm, of time. I'm, right? I'm, right. I'm actually going to do I'm not going to do the PED. Right before you go out. I'm not going to do the PD. I'm going to do the ball thing. I'm going to have someone rec- like videotape it and then oh, yeah. we'll have beautiful content. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show this week. Keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs unless you have ice for my balls. <laughs> <laughs>